How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoley. Shoots, he scores! Yeah, this is it. This is what we do. Battling through it and finding a way. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Well, I guess we can just start this right off by, I mean, it's pretty much our no thanks, but it's also the biggest news for the Kings, I think, um, which is that actually during a, what was a disaster of a game for most of it, um, it was also announced or like right after, like it was all just a disaster that evening in the midst of the disaster, it was announced that the Kings had made a trade, I guess a splashy one, but finally after years of rumors and impending doom, Dion Phaneuf is a Los Angeles Kings player. How do you feel about that, Diane? I don't feel great <laughs> about it. The thing is, you would think for as much as it's been floated around for, like, years now? I don't know. I always thought that, that was, like, kind of like a Lombardi move. Yeah. Like, that he just really wanted Phaneuf around. I was like, all right, fine. You have your guys. You write, you know, manifestos to get players onto your team. I thought that was like a Lombardi thing. And then once that passed, you know, he wouldn't be such a hot commodity. But I guess that is patently untrue. Um, and I don't like this trade, but like, I thought that I would never have to get used to it. It was like, oh, once he's gone, never going to happen. And here we are. Exactly. You're exactly right. That's how I felt too. I was like, who let Dean Lombardi back into the building? What is going on here? It kind of felt, I mean, when Rob Blake took over, we and a lot of people talked about, like, we don't know what kind of GM he'll be, what he's really looking for. Is he just going to be like the guy that pretty much trained him, which was, you know, Dean Lombardi. And this kind of feels like a moment where it's like, oh, I guess we're going to do this. This is what we are. Um, and that sucks. I don't want that at all. So the Kings felt, I mean, they felt like they had to address a need for another defenseman. But I, it just, why this one? This rumor and this, like, desire from Lombardi is years and years old. And so that means in that time, all that Dion Phaneuf has done is get older. <laughs> He's 32. He's not that great positionally. He's just really big. Um, it's not like he scores a ton of points. So this is disappointing, I think, for a lot of Kings fans. I would probably most Kings fans, and um, which sucks because you would always rather be excited about a trade. But instead, you know, there's this. And you can't even necessarily say, oh, at least they shed Marion Gabrick's contract because Fanuff still has, you know, he still signed through 2021 and his cap hit is a little bit higher so i yeah i don't okay sure this is in our world i mean but you also said it there he is a large slow defenseman so obviously he would come to the kings right, right. obviously the kings would want him i guess we should have just read the writing on the wall um in regards to his salary i'm just thankful at least that uh Ottawa is keeping 25% of his salary. Yeah, it could have been much I will. Worse. I will give that to Dean Lombardi, is that every time a weird trade like this would happen, we'd be like, ooh, why with the person that we're getting? But also, how did you make them like retain 50% of the salary? That was always <laughs> yeah. magic how he did that. Um, so at least that portion 
Ooh, that was weird. Uh, so at least that portion kind of like trickled over to uh, Rob Blake. Yeah, they also, um, so that wasn't the only switch that they made. They also shipped out Nick Shore, and basically what they got back for him was Nate Thompson. Amazingly, and I actually tweeted this too the other night, is that that piece of it is more annoying to me almost than FNAF, because at least the FNAF thing is disappointing, but also feels inevitable because we've heard it pop up here and there throughout the years. But Nick Shore is 25, and he doesn't, you know, provide a lot of points. He doesn't score very much. But Nate Thompson is 33, I think, and also, like, has even fewer points than Nick Shore so far this season. So thanks for trading Nick Shore for an older version of <laughs> Nick Shore, I guess. Like, why? I don't understand that move at all. Like, why that person had to be included. So I don't know. I guess I should be optimistic, right? I mean, usually when there's a trade, there's... Even if you don't necessarily understand or like it, you're kind of like, oh, well, okay, I can see where they're coming from. Like, let's see how this goes. But for this one, I really just, like, don't get it at all. Um, because I do not think that they need – but what do I know, I guess? Uh, I don't think they need some sort of, like, old, slow veteran defenseman. No. I, I agree with that. At all. <laughs> so usually I like to give it a couple of games. And I will for this, of course, but I don't know what we're really going to expect get from this at all I, I don't expect anything great right like on the surface there's not really much of a gain but I guess at the same time on the surface maybe there won't be much of a loss I mean the Kings are still kind of in the same predicament where they're really streaky sometimes they can pull it out and sometimes they super do not and I think at least for me part of the reason that this is annoying too is it came in the you know during this 7-4 loss of the Hurricanes where the Kings just for a lot of it looked slower like they look slow and so then you're like we traded for some guys who also aren't fast <laughs> um it just felt like okay thanks for addressing a need by not actually taking care of what you needed to I guess so we'll see what happens maybe at the very least the Kings will look no worse for the wear here in this trade um but it does kind of just raise question marks of why this? Why now? How sad that, like, after a trade, we're like, I guess it's a wash. <laughs> right. Or did, or did like, everyone just get worse? Did both, like, Ottawa and... <laughs> they both downgraded at the same time. Like, Gabrick, Gabrick's probably going to be... Gabrick hasn't been producing a lot, you know? So it's... I don't think he's, like, a great um, asset to them. He's probably going to get injured again. Oh, no. Um, also old. So, you know, it's just kind of like, what... Who benefited from this? The people who write about hockey, maybe, because there's lots to talk about now. But other than that, I'm not really sure. But the Kings aren't even done yet. It sounds like they're looking for some, um, let's see what the quote is. Pierre Lebrun uh, said that the Kings got their defenseman, which is good there, I guess. But they're still shooting for a mid-level scoring win winger. I'm terrified of whatever that means. Pre-February 26th. So. I'm so scared. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Bro. Who's got, who's got like a useless old winger uh. that they want to give us for cheap? I'm actually, I'm less worried about who we're going to acquire. I'm more worried about what we're going to oh, give up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess with, at least with the FNAF trade, that didn't really give up a whole lot. Like, like you said, Gabrick, like when he first came back from injury, he was producing and then it stopped. And then they stopped playing him for, you know, at least consistently. Yeah. So 
once you start being a healthy scratch, it's like, all right, well, that's right, exactly. And so, and like, even though I am partial to Nick Shore, it's not like he was an integral piece of the team necessarily. So, I'm fine in theory with both of those players being traded away, even though I like them as dudes. But from there, it's like, okay, well, you managed not to give up a ton in that trade, but. I don't what for a winger. What do you have to give up? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they have to deal. Um, who they think they have to deal anyway? Probably. I don't. Is it like another defensive prospect? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm very fascinated and also kind of scared. <laughs> yeah, mostly scared because I guess we don't know Blake's track record for this, so we don't really know who he values. Yeah a lot or maybe too much sometimes in terms of like other trades that we've, we've seen um so like i don't i literally have no mm. idea what to expect from it i'm yeah it's a rough time so the other thing too is that now i mean i guess it's just to kind of tie it all together talk about trevor lewis like he's out now he got injured um and that adds to like Trevor Lewis up until recently hasn't put up a ton of points or whatever, but um, he is someone who's always been reliable defensively and stuff like that. And so with him out, I don't want them to also make any reckless decisions based on now missing two important pieces like uh, Jeff Carter in the top six and Trevor Lewis in the bottom six. And we don't really know how long he's going to be out. He's on IR. Um, So I don't want them to be too hasty, but it is like, okay, I guess, you know, the trade deadline is here. They have to make a move. if They're going to make a move. They just don't have the time. But it kind of means, like, don't – I'm just like, don't get too weird about it. <laughs> don't get too excited. <laughs> you have you have some dudes who will come back eventually. Yeah, it's not like they – yeah, they're not completely 100% gone. They will be back, so don't do anything that you're going to regret later. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like a heat – well, not that I think that it's like a heat of the moment thing, but I don't – I'm going to say I don't think we're going to like – Whatever we see next. Maybe something magical will happen and we'll give up, like, Andy Andrioff for, I don't know, a couple of pucks <laughs> or something dream. like that. Um, the dream. And it would be fine, but I'm also not holding out hope for it. Um, and I'm slightly worried that that's going to be, you know, a no right, thanks yeah. in two oh, weeks. I can't time. believe Andy Andrioff was still on this team and Nick Shore is not. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to dwell on it. Do you think that they're just not trying hard enough to, like, maybe we we should stop saying how bad Andy Andrioff is and try to paint him in, like, a really <laughs> yeah. lovely light and start producing things like, oh, look at all the things that Andy Andrioff will bring to we your team and start, like, package him you know, <laughs> circu- circulating that and packaging it for, like, look, making them look real nice, like a cherry on top of a a trade there. Uh, and maybe we should yeah, yeah I mean, like, at happen. this point, the Kings have bigger problems but it's just always just amazing to me that Andy Andrioff is still on this team but at least like lately I've mostly kind of forgotten about him so I guess that's fine (laughs) um what was I gonna say oh even though Trevor Lewis is out I feel like we should take a moment to talk about where he is so far this season which is in a pretty great place um he's continues to do 
well, and hopefully once he comes back from injury, he will just get right back into it. But he hit a career high in goals when they played Arizona in that 6-0 win, um, which is 13. So it's not like, you know, he's still we're still shooting for 20 for, for Trevor. But um, he's gotten to 13. He's already set a new high for himself. And he's I know, and it's pretty early, too. Yeah, so he's still I'm, got some time to make stuff happen. I'm yep. proud of Trevor. And he's currently one point shy of tying his career high in points. So probably he's going to set another little record for himself. And that's pretty dope of Trevor Lewis. So I hope that he can come back um, relatively quickly and that he gets back to it because this is exciting. Yeah, I think it's great. I think this is Trevor Lewis's year. Yeah. Um, And he is going to come back better than ever. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. So after that Arizona game... Let's go back in time for a minute because we haven't recorded in a little while. But after that Arizona game, he was asked about that on, you know, the higher numbers and stuff this year. And he said, quote, I think my first year in Manchester, I tried to play more of a skill game. And I realized to come up to the next level, you have to really focus on the little things and make sure if you do get called up, the coach can put you out there in all situations. I think my first year, I kind of realized that maybe I'm not going to be the so-called skill guy. And I really tried to focus on penalty killing and just being a defensively reliable forward. I think that was a big focus. It still is. I still take pride in that area a lot, but always in the back of my mind, I thought I could score more. End quote. So basically, Trevor Lewis got typecast, and he's ready for his leading role, and I'm so here for it. Go, Trevor Lewis. He's always been cast as, like, the funny best friend. He's like, I'm a leading man. I can do this. (laughs) Cast me. I can do it. I can carry it. I can get the Golden Globe nomination. Go Trevor Lewis. Uh, I hope he continues to just, you know, reach new heights. And it's cool that they have, that the team has always had some confidence in him, but now he's really getting, um, it seems like more active encouragement too, to really show what he can do. And so I'm excited to see it. Former first round pick, Trevor Lewis. I mean, Trevor, you don't have to get Unsung Hero again. You can get fully sung hero. You can be, you can be that guy. It's okay. We'll allow it. I want it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how that happens, though, that you fall into sort of a rut and you do what you're expected and kind of not like nothing more, but you kind of play it safe mm-hmm. because they will just bench you. You'll just be a healthy scratch if you're not going to do what you're expected to do or try to like take too many risks. And I and the Kings haven't been playing that well to maybe like take too much of a chance. I mean, the Kings still aren't doing well, but maybe because they are, you know, kind of in the running still, he'll be able to do a little bit more or take a few more risks just to try to get those extra goals. So I don't know. I am still very hopeful for Trevor Lewis and his potential 20 20 goals. Please. I need it. I just like it wouldn't be hard to get there really let's just have like one inexplicable trevor lewis hat trick night and Perfect. Perfect. you're already most of the way then just you know score what is it four or more goals here and there there you go yeah. you're there it's that's all you need to do i mean i say that like scoring a hat trick is super easy but let's go for it us uh we've never played hockey <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, to score. People do them all the time. Let's make yeah, it happen. I, I hear people score goals all the time. You can do that, right, Trevor? Cool. Let's continue with that. So our other friend and fave, 
Dustin Brown, we've talked previously about him getting away with a lot of questionable stuff. Didn't happen so much for him recently. He actually did not play in that Carolina game because he was suspended for one game for uh, Mikhail Zergachev in uh, their game against Tampa Bay. So uh, that's bad. I was actually curious, or unsure, I should say, before the sort of ruling came down, so to speak, that he might get a little bit of a longer suspension because he has been suspended before and because everybody talks about his very questionable record. But the one game is actually super amazing considering <laughs> what it could Yeah, been. that's like a pretty reasonable thing. But uh, I mean, we always talk about how we don't want Dustin. He already has a reputation. We don't need to add fuel to the fire, especially um, like with a kneeing charge mm-hmm. because oh, people like to say he's just like all... Uh, exposed knees or all like jutting knees and it is an unfortunate thing that he kind of tends to do or um, get caught up in and so I just really do not need him to to add to that sort of like hatred of him um, with him throwing his knees around so that's kind of a bummer but I was yeah I thought that he might have gotten more uh, but I guess it's it's just always been talked about or like People have been like, oh, he should have been suspended, but he hasn't been, so um, it hasn't taken an effect into making this particular, uh, like, ruling for, like, an extended games. Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of, I mean, you know, he got he got the lighter sentence, <laughs> and he'll be back. It was one game. The Kings did horribly in it, and it's oh, behind boy. them now. The only okay thing about them being completely embarrassed in the game against Carolina is that the Calgary Flames also lost their game the same night so they still so they didn't really lose too much ground in I think the Sharks also lost so they didn't really lose too much ground in terms of like being able to jump back into the top three in the Pacific Um, but now they should probably actually win some games because that's not going to be true forever Um, so let's get back to it Kings that would be Great. That game was so frustrating just because, like, they were getting absolutely, like, roasted. And I was like, okay, this is, this sucks already. Like, first period. Yeah. And then they scored three unanswered goals. And I was like, oh, is this a cool thing that the Kings are going to do? Like, are they back? Uh, No. No. It it, it stopped there and Carolina scored again. So that was just, like, deeply frustrating because they also just looked sloppy and slow. Yeah. I, the slowness is just. Ugh, and I feel like it just gets worse every season. Sometimes it feels like every month they just get slower in comparison yeah. to other teams, which may not actually be true, but sometimes it really feels like it, especially when you have a period where one team has 17, 18 shots and the Kings have three. It's real bad and real depressing, and I didn't even want to watch very much more of it. Um, I really enjoyed Alex Faust's, like, commentary on it, or, like, during one of, like, the Fox News things. He just took the score sheet and crumpled it up and threw it away. I was like, yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after that first period, the Kings had three shots on goal, and the Carolina Hurricanes had three goals, and it hurt me on the inside. Uh, it really did. It, <laughs> it really, really did. Bad. One other small positive fun thing that didn't get to last very long because then the Kings embarrassed themselves was that with Dustin Brown out Alec Martinez got to wear an A and that was nice how cute I like that a lot and of course I just had 
feelings about him being a leader on the team and being around. And I hope <laughs> uh, the Kings, I mean, it seems like they really want to have their reliable defensemen, so he probably won't get traded anytime soon. But also in my heart, because for a while it was like, maybe they'll trade Alec Martinez a few years ago. I think I'm always just sort of like, what if, what if they do it at some point still? But keep Alec around. I don't know. I think his name still might be out there, like him and Muzzin, just like potentially Ugh. getting traded. I hate it. That would hurt me. So hopefully that doesn't come to pass. I like A for Alec Martinez, <laughs> and I don't want to see him go to any other team. Do you think, so as like someone who's wearing an A and needs to like provide leadership and things like that, do you think he ever starts as something like, oh, it's me, Alec Martinez, scorer of, you know, the Stanley Cup winning <laughs> goal? That's how he should introduce himself. I, like, I like, like, who would he even need to say that to? I like that it's maybe he, like, stands up in the locker room and just says yeah. that as just if they don't know Just announces it to folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then starts talking. That would be amazing. I feel like Yeah, just, should... like, as someone who's scored in, you know, <laughs> very, like, trying times or just, like, at, at the, like, highest level at the highest moment, let's, let me tell you what we should do this right, game yeah, or something yeah. just like, I like doubt that he would do it, but it tickles me to think that he could. I or hope he, he did have a little funny speech moment just because he was wearing the A that night. Um, and then the Kings wasted his uh, Alec wearing an A night, but whatever. It's fine, I guess. Hopefully. I guess. <laughs> but focusing again away from the disappointing parts of the Los Angeles Kings, um, there was a piece posted by Lisa Dillman on the NHL.com site about Darcy Kemper. And we have already previously talked about him cooking and stuff and how he seems to be adorable. Well, guess what? He's still the cutest person alive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so it was a piece basically about how he came to the Kings and has been adjusting um, and how he's been playing really well because he went through that. He had that shutout streak which was awesome, which of course included the 6 nothing uh, win over Arizona. And then it was eventually broken against the Oilers, but still he set a career-long shutout streak for himself of 193 minutes and 58 seconds. So they basically did a little piece on that, how he's settling in and doing well. Anyway, it, they talked about how he road-tripped down from Canada, and wherever he lives in Canada, I can't remember now. And him and his girlfriend like did stops little touristy things and there was this quote about like the him his feelings about coming to the new team and he says quote I was excited for the opportunity you're thinking you're going to fit in because every group's really the same give or take a little bit but it's a little nerve-wracking still meeting your 20 best friends for the next eight months but everyone was very welcoming and I felt at home right away (laughs) I (laughs) yeah I love that that was how he could textualize the Kings. Not even like 20 new teammates. Your best friends. friends. (laughs) So it felt very like first day of school, new school, new student Darcy Kemper. And he just wants to be friends. And it worked out. And I'm happy for him. 20 potential best (laughs) friends. Uh, That's so charming. It's like unbelievably charming. It's so great. I love it. (laughs) Do you think he like on his road trip got everyone like little trinkets? Uh, I hope so. I hope he came with, like, a like little, bag full of little cards. <laughs> yeah. Little greeting cards. Just, like, at a rest stop, maybe he, like, saw something cool <laughs> um, at, like, a gift shop and just, like, left little trinkets in everyone's stall as, like, a, um, hi, I'm the new please, guy. Please. Please. 
And they were like, he's... I'm just going to write that into my personal fan fiction now, so <laughs> right. that's fine. I'm going to leave it the, the myth that we are creating around Darcy Kemper and his time in Los Angeles. And I hope he gets to stick around. Of course, his, I think his contract is only for a year, right? So yeah. I hope they keep him around for at least another season. That would be really fun because I find him really sweet. And obviously, he's been playing really well so far this season. And he's been playing well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So beyond, you know, feelings of uh, friendship and happiness, he's also been a pretty serviceable backup goalie, so I am Let's fine with him. Let's go. I mean, speaking of, of course, the on-ice performance, they also talked about how, I mean, basically Bill Ranford and the other coaching staff said when he came in, like, they thought he was really solid and had a lot of potential to really adjust to the system, and then they worked on some technical things, changed some stuff um, to help him adjust to this particular team, and it's been great. Obviously, he's doing really well, but because he is doing well, something that's different from in the past because there's a new head coach is they have been balancing his time with quick's time a little bit more. Um, and of course, lately it's been a little bit more of an out of necessity because Jonathan quick with both his little nagging injury and whatnot has had kind of a dip in his performance. And so Darcy Kemper has kind of had to step in a little bit more, but in general, like it hasn't been like, okay, now we're just going to ride quick for weeks. Like, they've been a little more proactive about back-to-backs and sitting one out, letting guys rest, which has been really interesting. And and Bill Ranford was asked, basically, about having to tell, like, is it weird, I guess, to tell Jonathan Quick, you're, can take, you can take, you're completely healthy, but you're going to take this game off. And he said that, yeah, it's a, it's a he said it's been quote, real hard <laughs> to tell <laughs> Jonathan Quick that he's going to sit on the bench and Darcy's going to play. Not in a way where he was, like, implying that Jonathan Quick got, like, upset or anything, but just it's not what they're used to. And Jonathan Quick obviously always wants to play as much as possible. Uh, but the dynamic has shifted a little bit. And I find that pretty interesting, too. I think it's just funny that Jonathan Quick is so competitive that the idea that he's healthy and not playing is just, like, would be baffling to him. Right, right. Why? He's like, what do you mean I'm supposed to rest between things or something like that? I have legs. I can play. Like, that's, I feel, you can strap pads to me. I'm ready. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But it's, it's good. Like, hopefully, because he seems to be having long stretches in the past few seasons of just like these quote unquote nagging injuries or just like random injuries. Um, and hopefully by having another goalie that the Kings can depend on, there will just be like maybe a game or two out or something like that, or no need for these long stretches, Mm -hmm. um, where Jonathan quick or, you know, Darcy Kemper, whoever it's backup, their backup goalie is going to be in the future. Um, to keep, to keep everyone healthy, for as long as possible and to keep everyone spry. So um, balance, moderation. Yeah. Jonathan Quick, you got to learn it. <laughs> right, pretty much. And and Ranford did note that, like, ultimately Jonathan Quick is on pace to still play, to still get almost the same amount of starts that he has. Um, but, yeah, they're just experimenting with taking it down a notch. Um, I think especially, too, if he has kind of a lingering problem that he's kind of pushing through or whatever. Um Probably another factor in giving Darcy Kemper a little bit more time, but it it seems cool. And like Darcy Kemper has, was very 
was giving a lot of praise both of Randford and also of Quick, like I'm talking about like how they help him adjust and kind of change little things about his game and uh, a fascinating thing because I feel like we don't get a lot of stuff, particularly from Bill Ranford, where he talks specifically about technique, but he talked about how like changing something about uh, Darcy Kemper's stance, stance, is that the word I'm looking for? Position in net, positioning, um, to, uh, I guess, alleviate some of the pressure off of his legs. Like the way that he positions himself, I guess, was really heavy. Um, and of course, like we're like we watch Jonathan Quick all the time. He moves back and forth across the crease so quickly, and it's just part of I think who he is, like his style. Yeah. But also, apparently, something they really emphasize in that Ranford emphasizes. So they tried to help uh, Darcy Kemper adapt a little bit more of that because he's really technically sound already, which I thought was super interesting <laughs> and very nerdy. That's kind of interesting that you have to just totally relearn your play, like. Darcy Kemper's been a while for a bit, and he's played the way that he's played. But now on this team, he has to, like, adjust to mm-hmm. their playing style and totally adjust his game, which is kind of a... I-, I guess it's not a big ask. I'm sure they're used to it, but that's, like, kind of crazy to me. Like, you've trained and learned this way, and now you have to totally change it up and still be good and uh, stop goal... Or, yeah, stop pucks and stuff. So that's kind of impressive. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, an interesting new challenge... A little bit of a wrinkle, but he seems to be meeting that challenge, and so that's pretty cool. And it was kind of, it was just good to have that be talked about. Some of the specifics about what happens when you are the new guy and you come in and you have a new, you know, of course you have a new head coach on the team, but specifically new people working with you on goaltending. Um, it was also really cool to see that. Well, you know, you'll you'll do anything for your twenty new best friends. The new best friends. He's so good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so great please stay around Darcy Camper um so that is I think most of what we have from the Kings Uh, there was like before this huge trade they did do another minor trade for future considerations they traded Zach Zach Leslie to um, the Golden Knights and with that and with the previous trade of Zach Goff it was kind of like why but I guess now we sort of know they're just trying to do what they can to clear up some Space for contracts yeah, and, house. and money uh, to pull in some guys. So I guess we'll just keep an eye out to see what happens. And uh, there's that. But otherwise, I don't think there's like a ton for the Kings from the last couple of weeks of, in terms of playing. I mean, they won some. They lost, a, you know, one really spectacularly. <laughs> um, yep. Hopefully they do better. They play the Penguins next, I think. So, yeah. Is there anything else on your mind about this team and this roster right now i am just going to try to stay positive for this trade that just happened um so i'm gonna try to stay positive about dion Mm. um that's really the best that i can say about that one my objection is mostly to dion the player but Dion, the guy, I think is seems fine and, like, is excited to come to Los oh, Angeles. Yeah. And, you know, he's married to uh, Alicia Cuthbert, so she obviously works in Los Angeles a ton. So he's not unfamiliar with this area or anything like that. So as a dude, I think, you know, he'll fit right into the dynamic, even if we're all kind of reluctant to accept him as a player on the ice. Oh, yeah. He seems like a perfectly nice guy. And I saw a video of him going around and thanking um, all of like the auto, uh, auto media to just be like, thanks for, you know, for like everything that you've oh, done right. and yeah. thanks for like cool. 
all of this. Like, it's been very nice. And that just is very, that's a, a lovely thing to do. So I think he is, sounds like a, a mm-hmm. perfectly fine human, um, but just not a human that I want to be having uh, play hockey for the team that I like. You know, we'll try to stay open-minded. Maybe he can help the Kings stop allowing so many shots. <laughs> um I don't know. Well, I I don't know. We'll see. Um, at least he seems like a decent person. That's that's okay. Uh, a big little tidbit about a former Kings player that I thought was nice: Jordan Nolan and his uh, is he married wife girlfriend yes. fiance yeah, okay <laughs> okay and his wife are expecting their first child and so that's really sweet. I just thought that was that's really I'm gonna mention it because it was cute and I like Jordan Nolan. <laughs> I do too. I miss him a little. Yeah. Oh, oh! Speaking of Valentine's Day and couples, I mean, this wasn't—he didn't announce this on Valentine's Day. It's from a little while ago, but I was just thinking about it. But earlier tonight, I saw Tyler Toffoli's uh, fiance post that he had arranged for her to get some crazy oh flowers. Um, yeah. But also, it included a little tiny box of flowers for their <laughs> dog. It was adorable. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Uh, I know it's like very cliche to get your girlfriend flowers or whatever, but that's like a very nice, thoughtful thing. Great. But to like also buy it for your adorable, tiny (laughs) little dog. And if people haven't seen it, I encourage you to go look at the picture because it is the smallest box of roses. And it is precious. He's like, you know, checking off the box of like who needs to get flowers, you know. Uh, my girlfriend or my fiance, but also my dog. It's two best girls, <laughs> two best girls. And I think somebody asked him about. I don't know what the comment was, but his response was, "She likes her flowers. <laughs> the dog likes her flowers." Okay, <laughs> so I love that he knows that. <laughs> like what? What has happened in his and that dog's relationship where he's like, "Oh, I know you like flowers. I know these roses are your favorite." Let me get you some. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it so much. So yeah, that just popped into my head again because I thought it was adorable earlier today. Um, Tyler Toffoli, also super cute. That human. reminds me. So I just watched, uh, oh God, is it Ice Guardians? Guardians of the, I- no, that's Guardians of the Galaxy. So Ice, Guardi- <laughs> Ice Guardians, and it's that documentary that's about enforcers that's on Netflix. Oh, right, right. And it's like an interesting th- little thing. Uh, pacing's real weird. Uh, don't love that. But it was like nice to hear everyone talk about just sort of the mentality, the history of it, the mentality of it. But uh, Zine Kanopka was in it um, a bunch. And I just like to remember or maybe just remind everyone that he is a- an enforcer. He punches people a lot. He's had his nose broken a ton and is like always covered in stitches and stuff. He also has a pet rabbit yes. named Hoppy. <laughs> and every time he changes teams, he would get Hoppy a new jersey. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so speaking of uh, charming hockey player pet relationships, that's a fun thing that I was reminded of and uh, adored. Oh, I love that. I'm super allergic to a lot of household pets so I never can have them myself but so I always am just delighted when other people do really cute sort of silly things with their pets because that would be what I would be into (laughs) let's do as much silly stuff as possible oh yeah I'm I'm so into it I I'm that person that's looking at like cat gifts online before I go to bed or whatever 
Um, so I love when people spoil their animals. It's great. So yeah, this is. I mean, it's a little bit old now, but I, you should. You're the one who told me about this Kyle Cherish thing, so you should talk about that. Okay. So speaking of cute things, although this is cute humans and right, yeah, and yeah, cute animals. <laughs> Um, so Kyle Turris was traded away from the Ottawa Senators and to the Predators, and, you know, trades are rough on people all the time, um, and, like, their extended family or, like, fans or things like that, but, um, even more so for some people in Ottawa, uh, so Kyle Turris worked with, uh, the Capital City Condors, which is a hockey team that is for, uh, special needs kids, um, and adults, and I guess his former, what was it, just, like, roommate um, yeah. on the Senators was the one who was, like, the the ambassador from the Senators to work with the Capital City Condors, and when he, um, when he uh, retired or when, when his contract expired, he wanted, to, that person wanted to make sure, oh, who was it? Karkner, that's right. When Karkner's contract expired, he wanted to make sure that the condors were left in good hands and he immediately thought Turris and Kyle Turris just like took it to a whole nother level. Um, some charming things about it. One, he asked, uh, Jim and Jim and Shanna Perkins who run the capital city condors, if he could get a, like a past yearbook, of those players and they're like yeah sure here you go and he and his wife went home and looked through it and memorized everyone's faces and names so that the, when they first met the team they could just call them all out by That's name so great. without ever having met them before so like yeah. right there I am utterly delighted and uh, I, I'm humbled by how thoughtful he is um, and how thoughtful all of that was and how much care he's taken to um, be like a positive influence and just like a role model for for the for this team, for the players on this team. And he'll come and visit um, one of the players, their um, mom had to go through, uh, I believe, like chemotherapy. And so he and his wife like, after a practice. Like, he plays for the NHL. <laughs> it's not any small feat. Um, and, like, after practice, he goes and, like, picks up her kid to take them out for, like, lunch and to go shopping just to get her mind off of things and let um, her mom have, like, a mm-hmm. nice, just, like, a, a relaxing day. So thoughtful. Day. So Like, who does kind, that? Like, just genuinely kind, which I really like. Um, the thing that made me start to tear up like a huge baby was when they came when he came back to play and they thought he wasn't going to be able to make it to their what is it their like end of the year end of the season like oh. banquet or something yeah like gala or um, something like because that because the game yeah. like went a little long and they were like well he probably is not going to come and then he showed up anyway <laughs> just because he wanted to and people you know freaked out about it like with excitement because they love him so much and he was like he was surprised I think that so many that all of them were just that invested in him like being there and I don't know like for the it it was just really nice like (laughs) it was really sweet top to bottom this entire article uh is phenomenal or just like the entire story of it um and all of them 
No, everyone calls him, like, their friend Kyle. Like, my friend Kyle, who plays for the NHL and is, like, my best pal. Like, talk about 20 new best friends. Yeah. Um, That's super cute. And then, like, through all of this, so we're really, like, heaping on the praise for Kyle Turris. Um, he, he was the one, he, like, says that he's the one who got the most from it. Yeah. Um, and so this is the quote from him. Uh, the rewarding experience of working with the Condors influenced how the Turrises have raised their three infant sons, or three infant children, sons Beckett and Cooper and daughter Teddy. Quote, everything, everybody's thanking us for helping them out, Turris said, but the amount we learned from them, we wanted to grow into the parents that they were and the families that they were. That's what we've tried to do with our kids. Just that is so sweet. Just like relentlessly sweet. It was a that yeah that ugh, the whole thing was just so good. I mean, if you have not read it, you should definitely check out the piece. It's really beautiful and um, like I I haven't spent that much time thinking about Kyle Turris as a person <laughs> before this. Oh, no, never. But this was great, <laughs> and I was really glad that I did to learn at least a little bit more about him and what he's involved in and how much he and his his wife like really care about the people in this program and that they still like keep in touch. So when he when the Predators returned to Ottawa, he got, like, a couple of boxes for everyone and made sure to, like, go and say hello. Yeah. Which is, like, to make sure that they know that he's not out of their lives. And that's just wonderful. And how old is he? Like, 20-something? Yeah, he's still pretty young. He's young, but just so thoughtful and sweet and wonderful. And everyone could be a little bit more like Kyle Turris. I love it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Another little tidbit is that the NHL has officially received Seattle's expansion application. So it is in the works. It is happening eventually, a couple seasons. But Seattle, it's coming, guys. They're really coming. So I thought that was just a nice thing to to, to mention. Yeah. Looking forward I'm to I'm glad it. that there will be, like, an even amount of teams again. Because mm-hmm. that was really grinding my gears. <laughs> the lopsidedness. Thirty one. Yeah, yeah, the lopsidedness of it all. I was like, this feels uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> and I, I, they'll probably have to, or I don't know, they've talked a little bit. People have speculated that the NHL will probably realign after that, too, because of yeah. the new teams. So that'll be interesting whenever it happens. Um, but yeah, it's still a couple seasons off, but it it's in the works. It's really happening. Um, another thing, just because I'm petty, so I wanted to mention <laughs> that after, even though the Kings like have completely messed up very recently, I saw on Twitter the other night that the Blackhawks, I don't even know if this is still true because again, it's from like the other day, but the Blackhawks are 12 points out of a playoff spot. How deeply satisfying. <laughs> Oh, I love it. They have had a really bad season. I haven't even paid that close attention to it, but I've seen people's reactions to how bad it's been. And it is something. They currently have 56 points. Uh, Minnesota, who has the second wild card, has 68 points. What? So it is still true. Yeah, they're only... They're nine points behind the Kings. I mean, which seems amazing, because the Kings... I mean, the Kings have been... Like I said, streaky. So at times they've winning, they've been winning a lot. But it feels like you know lately, it's been pretty touch and go. So for them to still be that many points behind the Kings is is wild. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy to me. Because you're right. I they had a really good start to the season, mm-hmm. but that now feels like 
so long ago that <laughs> right, I'm yeah. just remembering the like terribleness of what's happened recently. So uh, to imagine other teams being worse, and obviously it's exacerbated by the fact that we're fans of the Kings, and that's what we watch mainly. But to think that someone would be worse, I'm just like, ooh, that must really suck for everyone. Yeah, it's it's wild that they have uh, just really plummeted down into mediocrity. But you know. Exciting, also, if you're me. <laughs> I was going to be like, on the flip side, it sounds like you're real stoked about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a great time, at least. <laughs> Anything else on your mind before we wrap this up? Um, I have been watching a little bit of Olympic hockey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people are doing okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess. That is what I want to start with. So, at least for the United States women, uh, they've won a couple of games, but they just, like, recently, like, probably, like, an hour ago or whatever, uh, lost to Canada, Mm -hmm. which is a real bummer. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, the the men's team just decided to lose to Slovenia. Yeah, they... I mean, this happened at, like, 4 in the morning our time, so we were not awake yeah. for it. But no, no. they got out to, like, a 2 nothing lead, which was good, and then managed to blow it and lose 3-2. <laughs> Unfortunate. But you know what? No place to go but up now, <laughs> I guess. I, I guess that's true. Maybe that was just, you know, uh, a tester. Yeah. Tester Look, around. at least my boy... Jordan Greenaway scored to put them up 2-0 initially. So really excited, you know, first black dude on a Team USA hockey, men's hockey roster, or period. I don't think there, there hasn't been one on a women's team either. So um, on Team USA hockey for the Olympics, scored a goal. At least that's dope. For, that's good. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll take what we can get there. But hopefully things turn around and go a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I know actually that we did – I mean – our no thanks is the Dion Phaneuf stuff. But also, I just remembered slash want to mention that I just want to say a big eternal no thanks to Brendan Gallagher for having the audacity to throw any shade at all at P.K. Subban ever in his life. He uh, does not even deserve to say P.K. Subban's name. He doesn't deserve uh-huh. to look at him. He doesn't deserve <laughs> to think about him, especially not think about him in a negative way at all. So the Nashville Predators played the Montreal Canadiens recently. And after, well, first of all, during the game, uh, Brendan Gallagher tried to check PK at one point and then missed and fell and hurt himself. So there was that. <laughs> um, I think he also scored a goal, though, while PK was on the ice and was just, like, really salty about PK, I guess, in a way that, I mean, whatever, it's hockey, like, people get competitive and PK is not, you know, he's no stranger to figuring out ways to get under people's skin. So that's one thing, like it was fine. But his comments after were, you know, they asked the players, because I think this is the first time that PK has actually played in Montreal since he went back. Like, I don't think he, he played the last time that they were there. I can't remember why though. Um, so there were questions about it and he got a few of them and he was like, I don't know why we're talking about PK. Like you should ask him. He'll be glad to talk about himself. Like this is what he wants, et cetera, et cetera. Which was just so weirdly nasty to me. Like it would be one thing if he was just talking about stuff on the ice, but the, right. to kind of insinuate something negative about PK's 
character as a like as a person in general just felt really low and kind of gross and i'm not a fan of it yeah that's that's definitely a no thank you so that's just like it's also just like unsportsmanlike Mm -hmm. like not only is it just like bad as a person to say stuff like that about you know to like insinuate something like that you're supposed to be a professional yeah you know i don't know it just see it it's just and he was just a giant man baby about it um i don't know like that whole i feel like we're never gonna get the full story of what went on there with pk and all of the, well, I won't say all of them, but a lot of those guys, um, because it sounds like they, it is amazing to me how dudes will come out of the woodwork with these, like, comments that just, some of them straight up sound racist, some of them are just, like, they don't like him, and it's like, well, why wouldn't you like him so much, and then it's like, maybe it's still racist, (laughs) um, but just, some guys are really confident in how much that they dislike P.K. Subban and feel entitled to speak about it in certain ways, and that is baffling to me. And, like, we've all heard the rumors about how, like, they kind of slowly took away his, or traded away his allies and stuff. Um, a few of them left. A few are, are left. They even, like, went to go see him at the locker room, like, Alex Galchenyuk and Carey Price, and there's yeah. what I'm forgetting, but um, some other guy. Um but yeah, it's 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 a really weird dynamic up there. And uh, anyway, I'm glad he's out of Montreal because he seems really happy in Nashville, and Nashville won the game, yeah. and that's great. Uh, I will say my no thanks um, is sort of more like a no thanks to the state of uh, Arizona. <laughs> Extremely um, fair. <laughs> and so Auntie Ranta had to move to a new house mm-hmm. because he uh his house was infested with scorpions what <laughs> 16 of them oh, no. to be exact like and like it. that's just like what you have to deal with as a person as like a person playing like you, you are, you're already dealing with enough mm-hmm. like you play for the arizona coyotes rough life <laughs> and then you have to live in the desert where you're infested by scorpions no thank oh, you oh my god I I would also move <laughs> out of state, <laughs> probably. I'm like, oh, where do you live? I literally live in another, another state, and I commute to work <laughs> in a jet so that I don't have to live yeah. in this state. <laughs> People do it all the time in, like, their normal lives, so me, NHL, that's what I'm going to do, too. <laughs> oh, no, how terrifying. I don't like it at all. Yeah, that's like a hellscape. Like, when, when people describe living in Australia, okay, Australia seems great, but also I feel like they have spiders the size, the size um, of size. They super plates. do. My brother's girlfriend is from Australia, and she has told me many a terrifying story <laughs> about, like, no. getting in the cars and, like, be, I mean, because there's, because the thing is, like, even when spiders are friggin' huge, they still manage to find ways to creep into crevices and stuff, so it is not uncommon for people to, like, you know, as we all do, you go downstairs or you go out to your driveway, you get in your car, and then, like, oh, it's sunny, so you pull down the visor, and one of those giant fucking spiders fall into your lap. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's it's awful, actually. Never go there. I don't don't know why why people would do that to themselves. Yeah, just burn it all. Forget (laughs) it. I'm done with that. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, apparently it's actually not that big of a deal if you live in the city. It's when you start to get out to the more uh, rural area. Not even necessarily the suburbs, but, like, the r- really rural areas. Then you're you're kind of in trouble. Yeah, no thanks. I'm, 
I live in a small downtown city, and I'll <laughs> right. continue to do that. I'll be very metro for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, I am deeply okay with that. Never have I had designs to, like, live on a farm or something like that. And every day it proves that that, uh, that instinct is correct right. <laughs> and that I should never do that. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now that we've, you know, given everybody fodder for the heebie-jeebies for the rest of the Yeah, I hope, like, all all of a sudden, I'm just like, I feel like I have something on my (laughs) leg. I don't. But just talking about it, I'm like, I feel like I might. Yeah, this was uh, a strange place for the conversation to go before we, because we're recording this at night, so we're about to both, like, go to bed. So good luck to us. I am shaking out all of my sheets (laughs) and my comforter before, I'm checking twice before I go to bed. Oh, man. Um, But other than that, Hopefully the Kings bring us some some positive news, and if they make another trade before we record, hopefully it's one we like. More games, that they, we want more wins. Um, yeah, uh, that's all. Until then, be good to each other. Take care of yourselves. Um, you can find us on Twitter if you want to talk to us. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys.